multiple voices are talking out once, but driving you absolutely nuts. Sounds great. Perfect podcast. Yeah, let's put this. Put this on. This is the new podcast. Yeah, quite awkward. Cool. And uh, we're, we're just going to take it from the top. Um, so this is my friend, Sharu. Um, we'll have all your social links and, and information so people can find you. Sharu's an international superstar DJ. He's traveled all over the world, making people shake their ass, making dance floors wet with sweat and anything else you could think of. And he's also a badass Vedic astrologer. And I'd love to get into that and just preface that with, uh, you know, the Hindu religion has been allied with, uh, especially in the ancient times, have been allied with megalith building, psychedelic science. Um, you know, before we had telescopes, if you were European, um, they described the atom uh, through the microscope as well as distant planets, distant galaxies. And if you read into the Rig Vedas, the Upanishads, you really can see that they must have had some sort of more advanced uh, scientific knowledge and instrumentation, possibly. And so I'll let you take it away from how you arrived uh, uh, where you are today. Yeah. Well, it really started the, this sadhu. Um, he had been in India for like seven years and then he came back to venice beach and was like a bum there right but <laughs> uh-huh yeah and well and sadhus are kind of you know uh, sadhus in india are in some way sometimes analogous to kind of like homeless winos or bums in america but right instead of being outcast and looked down upon they're actually looked at as having a role in society and the rejection of normal life is seen as a pull either consciously or subconsciously to a more spiritually inclined lifestyle. Would that be a fair definition? Totally. Yeah. Okay. It's just a part of part of the culture. Yeah. 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 And so, um, I was hanging out with him at, uh, like the Venice beach drum circle. And then he, he took me to deep Creek, uh, hot springs in Apple Valley. Okay. And he, he made this, uh, this mushroom tea, right? <laughs> yes. Which there is great. Go. And he, he did this thing to, to my third eye. Like he like pushed on it and like did this thing to it. And then he gave me this like exercise to do. And basically it was just was like pumping my Kundalini up and down. Wow. Right. Okay. And I yep. did it just like so devotely. I was just like, Oh, I want to fucking see, I want to get it, you know? And then boom, like my Kundalini like shot up and like, I felt it like go up my spine right. and like everything just turned into like pastel. And I was just like, in some other world, wow. you know? Yeah. And then I came back down and I looked down and he, there was like a mala right there. Like a, what that you like chant on a prayer, prayer beads. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, um, and then I just started seeing like hooded monks in the sky and we were all uh, like seeing it together and like dragons, like flying around and uh, this big ohm symbol in the sky. Right. And I felt everything like oming around me. Wow. And I had never like didn't grow up religious at all. And I had never like put my hands in prayer mudra before. And suddenly I was just doing it and just chanting like Om Namah Shivaya, which is wow. that like Hindu God of destruction and like what he was all about. Yeah. And so I just felt this like deep fucking resonance with that mantra and this God Shiva, you know, Whoever the hell that was, right? <laughs> I, I do as well. And it was it, the kind of the same thing happened. A similar thing happened to me. And the funny thing is uh, uh, at all places at Deep Creek. Yeah. Where I was on a tremendous amount of mushrooms. I was doing some Qigong and some animal form uh, martial arts movements. 
and then I started seeing um, Shiva dancing uh, in in my mind's eye, and then it fell into this fractal field of Shiva multiplying himself infinitely in these all of these centers. All of him were centers of the universe in this huge fractal field with him dancing into infinity forever, and it really damn. Uh, you know, it 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 it, it, it uh, connected me to into Shiva and what that is about, and and Shiva mantras, and yeah, I found a lot of um, comfort, especially when I'm like in uncomfortable situations, either falls high on psychedelics or otherwise by mm-hmm. uh, chanting to yeah Shiva. I know that's weird, but it just is what it is. Yeah, so I was like in college for like electrical engineering, you know, and like psychology, and then I had this experience, right? <laughs> And here he is, this sadhu, saying okay. that he had a, a guru, like Babaji, who was like a thousand years old, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so then I, then I came back to college at UC Irvine, and I was just like, <laughs> no one gets <laughs> it. Like, you can't see dragons. You're not my friend. You know, like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and it was like two weeks of that. And I was like, wait a minute. I like people. Like, you're all cool. Like, let's hang out. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. It's okay if yes. you don't see dragons, you know? <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. But then I just got this, like, deep, deep thirst for, like, what the fuck was that? And how do I get more of it, you know? Okay. Yep. And so and then I, I ended up doing, um, like, a extracurricular study of all these different um healing modalities and I just started starting all the different ways of like energy I was like oh my god you could actually like run energy through your body like it just blew my mind you know? wow and spirits and all those things um so was this mostly kundalini yoga that you're referencing well, yeah then then I went to like international rainbow gathering <laughs> in Costa Rica okay yeah okay and then I met this guy and he showed me kundalini yoga and okay that was like that's it because I was always been an athlete like I played water polo um for six years and and so like regular yoga just didn't do it for me just like stretching you know i just didn't have the right teacher or whatever uh-huh. but kundalini yoga is like fucking crazy breathing and like holding Active. positions and going through a lot of physical um you know kriyas you could say okay. and that was like fuck yeah that's what i want you know kriya means like exertion or kriya means exercises Kri- yeah it's like exercises like actions like specific okay. formulated actions uh um, okay yeah and I'm just translating it totally, in case there's I, yeah. any non into non weirdo. Yeah. Right. We need some non weirdo translation. Yeah. And then I, I ended up going to the <clears throat> summer solstice uh, gathering in New Mexico okay. um, where there's like a thousand people all sitting in lines doing this like open eye meditation like three days in a row for like wow. six hours. And like what? one of them, it's like okay. Sat Kriya, where you're like holding your hands up and going like Sut. Um, like just chanting this and doing Uh this for an hour straight you know and so you're just like wow (laughs) you know wow yeah and so i didn't need drugs after that that was that was like enough drugs like to have your wow yeah (laughs) okay that actually sounds really interesting yeah we should try that next time we're hanging out yeah i'm down yeah okay and it's just trippy you like stare into each other's eyes and you end up seeing like all their you know crazy dimensional weird shit i've um, been there a lot on psychedelics and a little bit not but it's oftentimes hard to get people to buy into not blinking and being vulnerable and looking into someone else yeah eyes. i i've i've found yeah 
Yeah. Like, I'm down, but it's hard to be like, hey, let's do this real weird shit. And be like, nah, no, I don't want to do man. that. <laughs> I'm cool. Thanks, this, bro. Does hey, this look, mean that? Look over there. Like, yeah. Yeah. We're not are having we, sex, are we? Are we supposed to hug now? <laughs> like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're at this summer solstice. Yeah. And, and you're just having these super psychedelic experiences just with breath work and, and meditation. Yeah. And yeah. And then I was just like, fuck, I want to find a group of people to practice with, you know, and do this like morning sadhana. So I ended up meeting this girl and then hooking up with her and going out to Bloomington, Indiana. <laughs> Instead of going okay. to India, I went to Indiana, you know, like <laughs> close. You got a couple extra letters in there. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. And just did freaking hardcore morning practice, like 3.30 in the morning, cold showers, you know, two and a half hours yoga and chanting for, for like two years and kept going back, went back to LA and like started doing it at different yoga studios in Hollywood, like Golden Bridge. Um, yeah, for like eight years straight, just like two to three hours a day of, wow. you know. So yeah, every, I was like, I had this like Hinduism, this like Vedic stuff inside of my body, you know, like chanting yeah. these mantras thousands upon thousands of times and hours, you know. And so, um, right, then I met, this, this woman that was going to this Ayurvedic college. Um, and she was really connected to the professor there who is a professor at Beverly Hills Ayurvedic college. And okay. he ended up just like wanting to renounce all, all the things and, and, go, and he went to Joshua tree. So we followed him to Joshua tree. And then he just, we just like lived like his trip, like his, like Vedic lifestyle. And it's, it's just like all about recognizing patterns ultimately. Like we okay. would do like herb walks and he would have all the astrological signatures along with like even like the Mayan calendar and like all these different things about the energies of all the different herbs, you know? Um, and so, and he would come like, and I was just like really into uh, understanding what like really turned people on, like what their passion was. Right. And helping okay. people doing that. Okay. And so um, every day he would come and bring me a new book about Vedic astrology. Um, and then I just devoured it and got into it and started getting readings from his Vedic astrologer. And I was just like fucking hooked because instead of just seeing people and helping them understand what their like purpose was or Dharma, which is, Kind of like what someone's natural flow is right or their uh -huh. their destiny um okay. i was able to see it with with the chart you know wow. and like the timing of when things could happen you know and just just see right away like what they were all about right the good stuff wow. and their bad stuff and, okay and so yeah, there's so much and, more in that. But. And, and what would, what would the, be the differences between Vedic astrology and conventional Western astrology? Right. Um, the main thing people notice is that like, their sun sign is different. And so Vedic astrology uses what's closer to actual like, astronomy, like looking up with a naked eye. Okay. Uh -huh. what, is, and what does Western astrology use? Um, they use the tropical zodiac, which is based on the seasons and not the actual constellations in the sky. Ah. And so it's like I, when- I, Could you, I don't quite understand that. 
Yeah. And so like on the spring equinox coming up, right, March 20th, the Western astrologers say, well, that's the beginning of Aries, right? Okay. But when you look up in the sky, the sun's still in the sign before in Pisces. And it doesn't go into Aries until 23 days later. Ah. Yeah. And so the okay. earth like wobbles, right? The Correct. Okay. Yes. And That's so right. it, it moves a degree every 72 years. So, so the last because time. Because of the precession of the equinoxes yeah. and the 26,000 year right. spin cycle of the axis of the earth making one revolution. That's right. Okay. And so around the year 285, it was like what Western astrology is saying now but it's wobbled about 24 degrees off from that position. But they haven't amended their, 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 uh, their books or whatnot to reflect the change. Right. Huh. But, okay. But it, it still, it still works though. Okay. And that's, that's what's interesting. Cause astrology ultimately is just divination. Similar. Yeah. Like the I Ching. Right. Kind of a, a an Oracle that can point the way. Yeah. And it's it just really about, requires some interpretation. Sorry, but requires some uh, requires some interpretation from a skilled um, interpreter, right? Of of the of the of the oracle. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And so, um, it's just like it doesn't matter what system you use to to view reality, whether it's like science. If you're using only science, you're going to get feedback in your reality that's science based, right? Right. Yeah. So whatever you filter your reality with, that's where you're going to get that information. And so it locates you in your reality tunnel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Word. And so astrology is cool because it's, it's like, okay, here's this, this like bigger picture of like this grand organized like design. Right. And you can kind of see, um, hidden information from it that you wouldn't see before. Right. If you're just going, about your business because it gives okay. you a structure to be able to see that like unconscious information. Right. And the structure kind of allows, like you're saying for, for things to be revealed or for you to even find patterns right. in something that you might not find if you're just pondering your life or your decisions. Or what, yeah. Go from here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was it was like, I really got before Vedic astrology. I like back 20 years ago, I got into like the Mayan calendar, like a uh -huh. big time. And so I created my whole reality around those like 13 day wave spells, you know, oh, and when okay. like, and we like do the like galactic mantra every day, you know, and did the whole thing. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. my whole life would like line up to that. Right. And I would start seeing like feedback and different omens based on, on that structure of time. Yeah. So it's just like, whatever you gotcha. use, doesn't matter. Right. And so Western astrologers okay. are yeah. just yeah. as correct, even though, you know, they're not actually talking about the constellations that things are in. Right. But okay. It still works because, you know. It, it's more of a tool, almost like the tarot. Right. right. Or, or similar to, right? Same thing. I have a friend, Greg Keim, that's been on the show a couple of times, and he's going through the family of numbers and kind of the mystic dialectic of numerology. Mm -hmm. and, and it's the same thing where he can take a tarot card and because of his understanding of numerology and the other signs and symbols um, you know, ascribed to each card and each number family, as well as his intuition and understanding of people and their psychology can really create well-crafted readings that, that really speak to people where they are and, and, and what they need to do or find in their decisions. And it's usually just a process of confirming that a person's 
healthy subconscious messages to themselves are actually the truth and they should work act on them exactly right. yeah yeah but it's it's like we don't see it unless we ask right you know so it's uh -huh. like just a tool to give you that feedback for the unconscious information that's already there and it seems like obvious Did somebody just start a car out yeah where you are yeah oh okay whoa <laughs> Like, is that loud, huh? <laughs> is that your hell? Is that your helicopter, bro? <laughs> yeah, she's got a beefy uh -huh. Subaru. Yeah. Oh, that's a Subaru. I know, right? <laughs> it sounds like a Volkswagen Bug or like a <clears throat> like a hot rod or something. Yeah. <laughs> um. All good, man. It's real life and noise happens. So yeah. Yeah. Please, go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just it's like obvious when someone tells you, but. You wouldn't have seen that information unless, you know, you you yes, like had a had a method of inquiry about it, right? That makes that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, it's just so, like, astrology works, and all these things work through the science of omens, ultimately, right? Yep. Or and uh, synchronicities is is a way I think of them. Yep, exactly. And it's like it's happening all the time, right? And especially when we get super high, we can see those more or yeah. like we're using one of these tools and yep. it gives us access to see that, that kind of, I like calling it the grand organized design. Cause it's like an acronym for God, you know? Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's just like physics and you know, things are just happening and this is what it always does. And so it like tunes you into that, to that design. You wow. Know? Yeah. I notice when I get when I have those those times I've been real high and also dialed in and got into uh, the most visionary spaces when I saw things that looked like either the higher levels of the conscious universe operating or some sort of personality of Godhead, however alien, it revealed itself as geometry and math. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And you were saying like seeing all these different. Uh, like Vedic, like gods and everything. Uh huh. And um, one guy was uh, one of my teachers, uh, Prashanti the Jagger, super fun, cool guy. Um, mm -hmm. He likes to say it's just physics clothed in myth. Right. 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 And it's just like all those different symbols are just communicating what nature does. Right. Gotcha. And so it's like all these different aspects of reality put in human form so that we can understand it, right? So we can relate gotcha. to it. And, yeah. then, and then those symbols, right, do something in the subconscious mind, right? They communicate on this deep, deep level besides just like a word, you know? Like yeah. it has, like a picture is a thousand words. Can you, right? roll, off, can you roll off an example? Um, Not to put you on the spot, but. Yeah, totally. So, you know, like the god Vishnu, um, okay. he's like the, the organizing part of God, like the, the sustainer part, he has this Sudarshan um, chakra on his finger, right? Okay. And it's like okay. this little slice, you know? And what it does is it's known to be like this disc that comes and like, can like cut demons' heads off, right? Okay. okay. <laughs> and the demons ultimately are, are like divisiveness, you know? Like, identifying with um, like kind of like not self or 
you know, different things. I can get more into that. Identifying with separateness, right? Like the demons are like identifying with yeah, separateness, separateness and and kind of the reality of the aspect of feeling cut off from God. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I totally grok that. I, I've had mm -hmm. the same experience with that. And so it's it's like when you see things from like a higher a higher view or like a higher dimension, right? You can kind of see the the like big picture. You can see, you can see your your polarity, right? Uh -huh. So the Darshan chakra is almost like, like Vishnu or or a god like putting its finger, into this dimension, and all you see is this like little like flat disc, you know. And could so, you, so could you say the word just a little slower? Uh, Vishnu. S no, no, Shudarshan. Oh, Sudarshan. Sudarshan. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And, and, and chakra, I, I, so again, again, sorry to, to, I just want to kind of break this down. Totally. And if I'm, if I'm clueless, I know people who have less experience with Hindu mythology are, are, are less so probably, but uh, I thought the chakras were just the body energy centers. They're, so, they're just anything that spins as well. Oh, you know, okay. any so kind it's, of like it's just a vortex of power on, in, on his finger. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, it's like his finger and there's this like little disc going around it. Okay. Right. Um, and so that's like Sudarshan means in Sanskrit, which is the, the language, um, which we can get into a really cool language, um, means right view ultimately or like correct view okay. in some ways. And okay. so, and you've heard like Darshan, like you, you get Darshan from a guru, like it get it gives you that that like blessing yes right so you're getting oh, so that would mean viewer perspective right gotcha mm -hmm. so then the sudarshan chakra is like an energy vortex that slices through illusion exactly. to connect one to the true perspective yeah wow right. that's fucking cool yeah yeah it's yeah, just yeah. so cool how the how it's encoded into the picture and yeah. in the language mm -hmm. and even like durga which is this goddess that sits on a tiger and she has like all these arms and all these different weapons and uh -huh. each of the weapons represent a different thing right and so okay. when she finally kills the the demon in the story she kills it with um a lance a lance is like the straight one right yep yeah that makes and sense. so that's a s symbol of a kind of like directed energy and directed focus okay you know and so it's like saying like that's the way to to kind of kill this like separateness, right? Is with yeah. this like kind of directed energy and this um, you know consistency Word. and all putting all of your energy and power and fire into one point, you know? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you killed. I thought you killed all the chickens, bro. Yeah. I thought no. you murdered all the roosters. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> no, but please. They, so <laughs> so um. Vishnu and the Sudarshan chakra, right? Yeah. And then, um, and, and so what we're seeing is that in all these deities, they're both kind of archetypes of human action or imagination or perspective. Mm -hmm. And then they're encoded similar to many of the alchemical texts that were all pictures in order to, to remain, you know, so people's heads could remain on their body during medieval Europe. <laughs> the same thing where every single posture Every single background object, every single object in, involved in the picture is actually part of the story. And there are mnemonic devices that really even help people to understand and transmit the story. Yeah, exactly. And, it, Word. and it's like you, 
if you want to communicate, you know, like a thousand years from now, right? You put it into right. this like myth in this story to be able to carry that knowledge and wisdom. Into yes. The- Word. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And then you're tripping and suddenly you're seeing all this stuff because of it. Like, <laughs> and, and so you were mentioning Sanskrit and um, I would love to dive into that a little bit. I know very little about it other than it is a mantra or sound-based language originally, or at least I've heard mm-hmm. it's a sound-based language originally. But what I have seen is it does seem to be fairly easy to understand when as people are explaining the formation of words um you know why words are what they are why why words are compounds of other word sounds Mm -hmm. like it seems very informationally dense dense in a very logical way yeah some even say it's like the sounds of what um physical reality is you know it's like that's a rock and this is the sound and the vibration that it makes like that's what Sanskrit is. Whoa. I know, right? Okay. <laughs> so that, it's like that's kinda heavy. like the, the program of reality. Well, like Ohm is is supposed to be kind of the sound of the universe being created in the background sound of all things. Right. Right? Yep. And even the earth makes an ohm. It's got the is that the Schumann resonance is what that's called, right? Yeah, I think so. The earth actually actually is ringing at at, at a very um very mm-hmm. low frequency that's below our our ability to hear it. Right. Unless, well, the earth is, unless is you cruising take a through space going, psychedelics oh, do a lot of breath work. Right. What are you, dude? I'm the, I'm the earth. Yep. <laughs> I, can't, I can't spin all the way around, so I only half rotate. It's weird, <laughs> it's weird on my planet. Yeah. Okay, so, so the letters themselves or the words, I, I just got stuck on that. Like, Are you saying like the word for rock is kind of what a rock is doing or it's those even more basic letter sounds are analogous to different forms or functions? Yeah. Exactly. And oh, even, okay. even the script, like it, it almost, when I was studying it, it's almost like the sound that it makes in your, in your mouth, like the shape of, of the, the words. Wow. It's trippy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That is a trip. Yeah. So it just, it communicates on such a more primal level, you know? So it's like studying, right. studying the different like scriptures to look at the Vedic astrology stuff. You just get it on this this like way deeper level, you know, more primal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and so are you, are you still involved in doing the Kundalini practices um, in your life? You um, stay fairly. Not as, not as much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got really Maybe. into the, to like the Wim Hof breathing actually. It's really kind of a similar, it's like an it's, updated version, right? Yeah. It's, or, or I, just another version. Let's not say updated. Let's say it's another yeah, version of the, something similar. Right. Um, I just didn't, I don't like all the, the religiosity around, around the Kundalini yoga, you know, people, people tend to, if you have a direct, what I found, I should say, um, trying to learn how to really speak a little bit more correctly in general, you know, instead of Same. just laying out general platitudes <laughs> that are bullshit. What I found is that, People who have had a genuine and direct, ineffable, mystical experience tend to understand more the analogous nature of, of religion and spirituality and, and kind of the, the messages that it has of, of connection as well as perspective. And then I would say that people who, who have not had the tremendous luck or good fortune 
to have one of those experiences, they tend to crystallize around a religion with the misunderstanding of taking it all literally. Exactly. Is that kind of what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah, word. And so, but in, in the beginning, I was practicing more like that, you know, more in this like, oh, there's this thing I have to like bow to. Okay. You know? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's ultimately that's just like giving away your power and not like really owning like yourself, which is equal Correct. to all, yeah. all others, right? Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how I just like the Wim Hof because it just goes straight to the point. There's no freaking God to chant to or anything. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. No, yeah. I agree very much. Same thing. It's similar to Tumo meditation, and, but also the same thing where you don't have to put up with, you know, um, all of the other precepts that come along with hardcore mono, uh, monastic Tibetan Buddhism mm -hmm. to get the benefits. Right? Yeah. But the thing that I am still practicing is um, mantra. And okay. even though I'm not doing it in a way where it's like, you know, like praying to this, this God or anything, it's just like the, the freaking vibration of it uh, yes. and what it does yes. to my mind and psyche. I have immediate effects yes. of what yes. it does. Like I right. could be going crazy and then I... Um, or just, you know, feeling mentally like, uh, and I, I've been really going to this, uh, Mrityu Jaya mantra, which is a mantra about like death ultimately. <laughs> and can you, can you do it for us? Is yeah, this sure. private or is it? Okay. No. Om Trambagam Yajamahe Sugandim Bhushti Vadanam Uravadokami Vabandhanan Mrityod Mukshi Yamamratata. That. Wow. And I just That's good. Do that. What does that say? Like 108 times. Okay. I, I froze the Zoom. That's awesome. <laughs> With it. <laughs> you froze smiling. Um, so that's... <laughs> that's great. <clears throat> um, yeah. And just doing that. Like, so what does that say? Yeah. What is that? I mean, what is the translation? Mm -hmm. Approximate? Om Trambakam. It's like Om to the, to the three-eyed one. Right? Or the three okay. worlds. Okay. Um, Yajamahe, um, I forget that part. <laughs> um, okay, but um, but basically, like I, I like call you in, and you smell really good, Sukhandim. <laughs> wow. Okay. And, no, that's really cool, though. I yeah. mean, really, you no know, scent is. Uh, I was just reading about a book. I haven't read the book yet, but it's uh, proposing that scent is the reason for consciousness, and it's describing how scent is kind of apart from the from our other senses in the way it triggers our brain. Right. But I haven't gotten to the whole book, so I'm just I'm giving you like you know Joe Rogan level science right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll give it back to you. And then the cool, the interesting part is, it says in there like a cucumber that's ready to that just falls off. Right. Oh, yeah, like I'm, I'm ripe and my yeah. time has come and I've just ripened naturally without being pulled or picked or pushed. Right. And okay. so, um, Uruva Rukamiva Bandhanan. So it's like remove that, that kind of like block or that, that, um, that idea of divisiveness, right? Okay. Or separateness. Okay. And then um, give me the kind of elixir of, of that view of like deathlessness ultimately. Wow. Yeah. And I just learned how to chant it like really well. And uh -huh. I had a, like a, 
a great uh, teacher. Um, just went into every single word, and I forget even the translation now because it doesn't yeah. matter because right. it does something. It's the me. frequencies and the word sounds. I I, I agree, and uh, you know if we dive into it, you know math is the language of the of of the universe in kind of its purest form and its purest static form. Um, geometry is 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 spatial is math and space, right? It's spatial realization of of the source code of the universe. Yep. Music be, music becomes math in time yep. and with, with the octaves and harmonies and dissonances and those, um, you know, those kind of truths and analogies. And then astronomy and physics, really astrophysics, which includes you and I operating at any level is the source code of the universe, math yep. in space and time. So it's math combined through geometry and music yep. to make reality. And what we really find out when we, uh, if we start to dissect this using the language of physics is we're in a in a un, un, undifferentiated state of matter that is only differentiated or assigned meaning based on its vibratory speed from the very smallest of particles to the very largest of galaxies yep and so it would make sense that these um civilizations that that remained extant and productive for at least hundreds, but most more, much more likely, multiple thousands of years, were able to understand this and encode it in a language, and then begin using that language to help to um, heal people's psyches as well as potentiate their intellect or emotional intelligence as well. Yep. Yeah. All that stuff. <laughs> Word. I, I didn't mean to just chop it down. I'm just trying to uh, understand this out for for folks because this is something I see in my mind, but I just. When you because this shows Sheru, everybody out there in magical TV land, Sheru has has broken this down to me a ton of times, and uh, that's the reason I had him on here because it's just so thrilling to my heart and the connection between my heart and my intellect when we discuss Hindu religion in a non dogmatic, non fundamentalist way where we're talking about these higher concepts. It's to me, it's so much similar with the mantra and every aspect of Hindu practice and 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 the Sanskrit language. It feels like learning to play music and learning music theory and, and seeing the relationships in music theory, which are just the same. I, I have wizard friends in music that will just break down chord relationships, tonal relationships, and scale relationships, and I can listen to them for hours, and I feel like even if I don't retain all the information, I feel like so turned on, and I feel like even for just a moment, I'm so much smarter, and I have such a much clearer view through what's happening all around mm -hmm. me in the physical world. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. It's just like whatever pattern you put on it, on this physics, right, or the universe, um, it works, you know, as long as it's like actually connected to like a whole system, right, instead of kind of compartmentalized. Um, like music, it's like, okay, let's look at all the different sounds something makes, right? Right. And like uh -huh. we're going to chop it up into, into this way, whereas like... Right like Vedic music would chop it up into even smaller parts, right? And That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what's cool about Vedic astrology. It's not just the 12 sun signs, okay. um, which is the relationship between uh, the sun, um, like every, it's about 12, 12 moon cycles, a little over 12 moon cycles that make up a year. But uh -huh. Vedic astrology has 27 constellations. Um, that predate the 12 sun signs. And it represents the relationship of the moon 
to the sun, which is like it takes about 13 degrees for the moon to go through the sky. And it takes about 27 and a quarter days for the moon to go through the, all the constellations. So they, wow. so they divided it up into 27 lunar constellations as well. So there's so much more detail than just like oh. Aries, right? Right. Like you have the first constellation, which is Ashwini, which is like um, the, these gods, the, the two horses heads and they're the healers of the gods and they, they like to reach things quickly and, and can see like intuitively. And then the next one is Barani, which is the Yama, the god of death, you know, and in Vedic times, that was the, the end and beginning of, of the spring equinox. Like the spring equinox is more, you know, because of the procession. Okay. Um, it was more, uh, the Pleiades was the beginning of the Zodiac in the Vedic times. Wow. Yeah. Well, that actually makes sense because it's one of the, it seems to be one of the most, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, one of the most visible constellations and, and it's kind of very distinct, unique and right just above your head almost all of the year. Yeah. And it's the one, like, it's always the one where I like look up and I'm like, oh, there it is. You know? Yeah, kinda, me too. Totally. Yeah. Well, it's, and, I mean, the, how many, how many star clusters of that brightness really, there aren't that many. Right. Of, of that, you know, magnitude of brightness of that many stars that you can really see. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's cool. That's cool. It's super so that cool. And it started the first thing you notice. Right. It's interesting. And there's so much, you know, new age stuff about the Palladians and Pleiades. And it's just so yeah. cool that that's the beginning and the initiation of the Vedic Zodiac. Right. Yeah. Very and much it's, so. it's ruled over by, so the, the constellations, um, each one is a different God or goddess of Hinduism and a different oh. archetype. Okay. And so, like, if your son was in the Pleiades, which is this constellation Kritika, then you would have this archetype of Agni, the god of fire, right? And Agni okay. is like the initiator, like the beginning of everything. Like, the first word in the Vedas after Om is Agni, because you have to have the light to see everything, right? Wow. That's yeah. cool. I know. Okay. And so, um, and so, that's what's so fucking cool. I love the Vedic constellations because it's like thousands of years of like rich passed down myths about these archetypes, which again is just like physics clothed in myth, but then it actually translates into human behavior, you know? And so it's, it's so cool. Um, I just get lit up every time I look at someone's chart. I'm like, of course you're like that. Like, (laughs) nice, nice. Like you, I think you have, your strongest planets in uh, this constellation that's uh, related to Kali, like this goddess of destruction, you know, and wow. wants to go to the root, root truth of things, like beyond right. yeah. religious bullshit, right? Right. That's cool. Not that religion is bullshit, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I totally get it. Yes, sir. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, the, the Vedic just got really scientific, right, about all of reality, like you were saying, yeah. you yeah. know, and um, so much more detail is involved with it. Yeah, I was very skeptical of it until you did a reading for me and told me I was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> then I realized it was definitely for real. <laughs> yeah. And you said that Tristan and I were going to get to hang, my wife and I were going to get to hang out and, and live together for our whole life. And so I was like, wow, this Aww. shit really makes sense. 
Yeah. Oh. I'm glad I said that. <laughs> um. <laughs> so you, you're, yeah, you're, I mean, uh, and it, it was. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna. We'll talk about it later. But I, like the timing, is really cool too. With the because that's ultimately what astrology is. It's just the study of time. Right. Um. But what were you gonna say? I forgot. Okay. Yeah, I'm I, I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> it's really up to you to keep the narrative going. I, I if I if I lose it, just re, just you remember what we were talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right on. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's just the study. Oh, of, that's what it was. What's your What's your birth sign? Ah. And the aspects of it. Right. Um. So, let's see. I have my sun in the Vedic constellation, uh, Purva Falguni, which it's all about, um, <laughs> ultimately like procreation, like sexuality and, and like, creativity. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why you're such a good DJ. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. Okay. And then your moon, right? My moon, my moon's in a uh, Pushya, which is the constellation of the teacher of, of the guru. Right. Wow. Okay. And it's the most auspicious one out of all 27. So when Love I saw that. that, I was like, Vedic astrology is cool. Like, <laughs> same for you, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I have the best oh, one. Good. <laughs> Sweet, dude. Sweet. That's why I never liked that Chinese Zodiac, dude, because I'm totally a monkey and they said I'm a rat. And I was like, fuck this, dude. <laughs> this, shit's, this shit's fake. I'm a metal monkey. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. It's messed up, dude. Messed up. I'm a wood rat or just the most boring shit. Yeah. A wood yeah. rat. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh, man. And my rising sign is um, this really cool one, uh, Shatabisha, which is the middle of Aquarius. And like the pot of Aquarius, if you look up, there's like a hundred little stars. And that wow. forms the kumba or the pot. And okay. it's, so it means like a thousand, or excuse me, like a hundred medicines or a hundred healers. And it's all about taking like abstract information and making it like solid and real. You know? That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And so I could, I could just riff on that shit, on the shit all day. It's, it's so cool to listen to because it makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, it's not like some mystic thing where it's like, you know, just believe this. It's like, well, this is an aspect of this because of this. And this word means this. And that and each step on the way makes perfect sense. It does. But it does. That's what really turned me on to it as well because more conventional Western astrology is a little bit just more like the planets. Yeah. And let's all just believe that this thing is happening because of the planets and there's not a lot of transliteration or explanation of why or how we got there. Whereas yeah. with Vedic astrology, there's a very clear story and, and your take, you know, you have a non-fundamentalist take on it as well that I think is right. approachable. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the 12 sun signs. It's like, okay, Aries. And then you have to like go into kind of like the piecing together all the stuff about Aries and maybe Western astrologers hearing this will get pissed off me saying that. But just compared to like the unbroken kind of passed down knowledge of the Vedic system. Yeah. And um, yeah, like you're saying, it just seems so much more uh, scientific about these kind of, these kind of things. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I want to take, I want to take a hard right turn for a second. Just, so, uh, and just talk about uh, your DJing and music production. Are you still doing that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then I just did released, you, uh, um, Oh, you just released what? 
the best uh, sexy time mix that has ever been made. Yep. Okay, cool. Let's link that. It, let's definitely make sure yeah. to link that in it's, the uh, podcast notes. Bedroom Slaps, uh, Volume 1. Yep. Bedroom Stops? Slaps. Oh, Bedroom Slaps. Oh, yeah. shit, yeah. Is that on SoundCloud? Yeah, it's on SoundCloud. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's Excellent. with my DJ band, Holy Water, with, uh, with DJ Daddy. Yep. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 So That's it's our like friend about Morgan. A, yeah. It's a year of us like working on this. Um, and like 10 plus years of all of our collection into one hour mix. That's just like, wow. It's fucking really the best good. of the best of the best. That sounds really good. It's so good. <laughs> word, word. I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to get on that as soon as we get out of here and, and I'll put people, put the link as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so you've been kind of a little, uh, you've been focusing on other things while the whole shutdown has happened. Have you have you been able to get back to performing much yet? Um, the Zoom went out. Say ha- that again. Have Have you been able to perform? Have you started being able to perform yet, or are you just still kind of sabbaticaling on Kauai and body yeah. surfing? Every no, I mean day, I, like... I I played because of you, like right the Cannabis Cup. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they had you on the wrong night and. My friends who organize the cup are going to see this and they're going to know right. that they had you on the wrong night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you still had a great show out, but man, you needed to be on Saturday night. Like, I was just like pacing yeah. the flamingo back and forth. Like, this is not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's not how it's supposed to be. I still right. had fun, but it was like, you needed to be in there crushing it Saturday night. Yeah. 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 And actually, I have. Uh, are you going to play the LA Cannabis Cup? I mean, the LA Emerald Cup? Uh, not that I know of. Oh. <laughs> uh... But okay, uh, I got work, three shows coming up. Where? Uh, Kauai? Um, Maui and the Big Island. Yeah. Sweet. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. So, That's awesome. Yeah, I'll be. I I'll never stop DJing. What are you gonna be on the? When are you gonna be on the Big Island? Um, this uh, Saturday. Okay. Cool. Yeah. For the. I have somebody. I'm gonna. Tr- are you gonna be on the Hilo side? Yeah, I'm. I'm playing uh, the petting zoo. Uh, best. It's like a little. Yeah. <laughs> Is it an actual petting zoo? Um, well, everybody dresses up as as like different animals and like onesies and. <laughs> okay. Oh and, yes. And this year is like the water tiger, so it's the it's the the wet the year of the year of the wet pussy. <laughs> hey! And that's really what Shrew specializes that's in. That's what on I the dance that's floor. what I do the best. It's it's wet to me it's, dance it's, it's yeah it's amazing to watch it uh, happen repeatedly and reliably. Yes. When when did you get into DJing? Yeah. Well. I was a raver, right? And I, I started DJing in 2000, actually, with wow. uh, happy hardcore music. <laughs> no way. Were you one of those? I was. The okay, pacifier, and, and the big pants, the when candy. Did you have, when, and when did you have the Deep Creek experience? What year was that? That was just shortly after I started DJing. Uh, that was 2002. Okay, cool. I just wanted to put that in a, in a, yeah, so I was a timeline for first. my own mind. Okay. Right. And then I got woken up because of the raves and found this Hindu guy and the whole thing. Right. Um, right. Same thing happened to me uh, or similar thing with the Grateful Dead where right. I was taking acid in the mushrooms because you're supposed to take him at the Grateful Dead. And all of a sudden I was like, well, there's a whole different, I need to go sit in the forest because it's a whole different thing here than, than woo. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. most of the people I was doing it with, they, I'm sure they were getting benefit, but a lot of people were using it as drinking fuel because you could take a hit of acid. You could stay up for 14 hours and drink a case of beer and not get really drunk and still be functional. <laughs> oh, my God. And I saw that, and I wasn't ever really that big into drinking. I would drink kind of socially to keep up with, you know, peer pressure or whatever. But 
But yeah, instantly I was like, yeah, this is not drinking fuel. There's a whole different thing encoded inside the substance and these substances, and I needed to go find it. So I totally, I totally vibe that. Yeah. And did you stay? It's, you probably took a. Did you take a break from DJing? Yeah. Or did you, because once, once I had that fucking Kundalini awakening, I was just like, ah, like happy hardcore shitty, you know? Like, <laughs> but actually, you know what? DJing that shit, it was just all <laughs> love songs. Every single song, yeah, and yeah, that's I mean, what as really much brought as it's me cheesy into or whatever. Yeah, this vibe oh. was happy hardcore, <laughs> right? And I bet they're both. I bet they're mostly like major scale songs too. Yeah, right? it's all major. It's all just like ecstasy, so MDMA, and love. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, and I just dove hardcore into DJing like a year and a half straight. Uh, like I, I did it. I was like, okay, I'm going to stop sports, and now I'm a DJ. I'm going to like wow. be just as disciplined about DJing as it was sports, you know? Wow. So yeah. I did like two, t- like a year and a half of like at least two hours a day, you know, just like. Perfect. Getting, I mean, getting, that's how you really, that's how you really learn. Yeah. That's how I learned. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I like did the whole waking up thing, you know, <laughs> and was in the ashram and I was like, fuck, I still love music. Right. And so I took. You're like, I, well, I'm awake. So let's fucking party. Yeah, exactly. So I, I took the mantras. And, and remixed the mantras and made like a 13, al- uh, 13 track like dance mashup yeah. mantra album. And then started DJing at these like these, t- these uh, Kundalini yoga events like after okay. those three days of those six hours of meditation. Then, right. I would, then they would let me fucking DJ to a oh, thousand wow. people that were all fucking lit out of their mind. And that's how I started yes. DJing again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. I would love... If at some point you you revisit or remix that with uh, you know just updated you know like current songs and beats, but using the the mantras and the and the resonances of those. Totally, I will. Cool. 